Welcome to HealthCom Central, where we unpack theories and frameworks that can help you create more effective communication to improve both health outcomes and health equity. I'm your host, Karen Hilliard, behavioral scientist and longtime communication practitioner. If you're looking for fresh approaches that get real results, you are in the right place. So let's get started. Welcome HealthCom nerds and HealthCom novices. Today we're going to talk about brand identity and brand relationships, what a brand is, who needs one, and of course, what the research tells us about what makes audiences fall in love with a brand. I get so many requests to help my clients with this topic that we're going to talk about today. So many, in fact, that I'm putting together a course on the topic, so you can look forward to that soon. In many ways, this topic of branding and brand identity is a love story. If you've done your audience analysis work, you should probably know a great deal about your key audience segments. Of course, you'll know about their demographics, and you'll know about the biggies like knowledge, attitudes, beliefs, practices, or behaviors. Hopefully, you've gone even a little deeper and identified their values and their worldview. And when you understand those things, you can really identify and anticipate your audience's needs and motivations. And something I talk about when I teach audience analysis is packaging those things up, all of those things that you've learned about the audience into an audience persona for each key segment. How is a persona different than a segment or a profile? Well, it really personifies the audience. It helps you think of the audience as a person, as well-known to you as maybe your best friend or your mom or your boss. So imagine for a moment now, if you were a matchmaker, setting up that friend or relative or coworker with someone who would be their ideal partner, who would they find attractive? What kind of person would share their values, understand and anticipate their needs and inspire admiration, loyalty, and passion? I know you're thinking, wait a minute, did I just tune into an episode of some new reality dating show? Nope, you did not. But what we are talking about today is matchmaking, just not about dating. It's about introducing your audience persona to a potential brand partner with whom they can have a brand relationship. Now, before we talk about the research on brand relationships, I think it's helpful to start with some definitions. I mean, we all kind of know what a brand is, but it's sometimes hard to define. If you think about consumer products, they're very clear brands like Coca-Cola, Nike, Apple. Of course, organizations have brands as well. You can think about the Postal Service or even, yes, the CDC. We even talk about personal brands that individuals may have, whether they're famous individuals or just everyday people like ourselves. Health interventions and even certain health products, services, and sometimes behaviors may be thought of as brands. But what does a brand really mean when it comes down to it? One definition that I think is beautiful in its simplicity is that a brand is, and I quote, simply a collection of perceptions in the consumer's mind, end quote. That's simple, but big. Because that collection of perceptions can carry so much meaning with it. I mean, whether it's clear or fuzzy, positive, negative, or neutral, 
It is filled with meaning. Those perceptions that people have about a brand are shaped by several different things. First, in the world of marketing, we talk about something called brand personality. And it's really just like the personality of someone that you know. Brands have certain qualities or attributes that help them to form a personality. So you might talk about a brand having warmth or caring or hipness or trustworthiness. And quite often, just as in people, these attributes are conveyed at first in some very superficial ways. So for brands, that's colors, slogans, logos, taglines, sometimes messages. These form the perceptions in the consumer's mind. And yet, a brand is a whole lot more than a logo or a slogan or a tagline. It is also a promise, an offering, an indicator of a core deep below the surface. The more people are exposed to a brand, the more they move beyond those first impressions though. Just like someone that you might notice in a crowd, the outward signifiers of the brand are what attract people initially, the superficial image, the initial behaviors that you observe. As they interact with the brand, however, your audience observes whether the brand is living up to its brand promise. Were those superficial first impressions authentic? A brand personality that lives up to these thoughts and perceptions has the opportunity to move to a different level and develop a relationship in which the brand personality is a relationship partner. Yes, so audiences have relationships with brands. And that's apparent even in the language that people use to talk about brands. They talk about love and loyalty and passion and commitment. And when people use these words to talk about a type of toothpaste or a maker of clothing, they're talking about love, loyalty, and commitment to a relationship. So it's a relationship between the audience persona and the brand personality. What's the evidence for this? Well, there's a lot of great information in the consumer marketing literature, and it's been, a, it's been discussed a bit less in the healthcom literature, but I've got some links in the show notes that you'll want to check out pulling from both of those disciplines. But what the research shows us is that when people talk about consumer brands, they do talk about them almost as people. I love Nike, or Nike is canceled for me. They talk about behavior of the brand. Apple always does such and such, and about how it makes them feel. I just don't trust Facebook, and how that translates into loyalty. We always buy Hondas, or I used to be a Gatorade girl, but not anymore. And then, of course, people will come to the defense of the brands that they love and have relationships with, and evangelize or promote them to other people. Side note here, when I mention some of these brands, I'm not endorsing or criticizing any of the brands I mention. They all have their fans and their detractors, and the feelings about them run very deep. Of course, we all know someone in real life, back to people relationships, who's had a relationship with someone that didn't turn out to be the person that he thought they were initially. Maybe the first impression just wasn't correct. Or maybe the person's facade sort of cracked over time or was never real to begin with. Or someone didn't live up to their promises and violated the trust of their partner. 
brands are the same. Some brands turn out to be great relationship partners, others not so much. When my clients in public health ask me, do we need to develop a brand or should we consider rebranding or relaunching our current brand? What I ask them is this, do you have what it takes to be a great relationship partner with your audience? Can your audience persona trust your brand? You need to know the answer to that before you go about a brand identity development process. Okay, so what does it mean when I'm talking about being a great relationship partner? Again, you can think about human relationships for inspiration here. What is it that builds commitment, that builds loyalty or passion or trust? I'm going to pause for a minute here and ask you to think about your own personal relationships for a second. And these can be friendships or romantic partnerships. What is it that makes an acquaintance turn into a true friend? Is it shared values? Is it shared interests or vibe? Is it reciprocal behaviors? That is, you don't have to do all the work. They reciprocate. You do something for them. They do something for you. Is it being there for you, listening to you, not ghosting you? Is it showing caring and benevolence toward you or maybe toward other groups or ideas that you really care about that are part of your shared values? Is it following through on promises? If you can relate to this in terms of people, you can probably also relate to it in terms of corporate brands, right? Maybe you can count on a particular brand of automobile because it, quote, shares your values. That is, maybe if those values are fuel economy and price, or maybe it fits your vibe whether that's sporty or luxurious or practical. It delivers what it promises. It's constantly looking for new ways to appeal to you. It's fan base. These kinds of things are the building blocks of relationships, whether for humans or for brands. Just like any relationship, a brand relationship evolves over time. So awareness has to develop first and then interest or attraction, then trial, then adoption, then long-term commitment. So there's a process there. The brand identity first has to kind of woo or court the audience persona, offer them things that lead them to developing emotional feelings about the brand. So just like with people, any one brand is not going to appeal to every audience persona in the same way, or even appeal to every audience persona, nor should it try. So you are looking for your key target audience personas. The brand has to exemplify the qualities and do the things that lead that audience persona to fall in love and then to commit and then to proselytize other people into trying and liking the brand. That process of falling for the brand is a term that corporate marketing literature refers to as conversion. And let me say, like the scholars in this field, I am purposely using some words here like proselytize and evangelize and conversion, because the devotion that people have to brands can almost be like a religious fervor. Now, just like in a dating relationship, the superficial attraction that you feel initially to looks or personality or humor eventually gives way and it becomes much more about actions and authenticity. So, you know, does the person or the brand follow through? Are they there for you on time? Did they stick up for something important to you? Did they come through for you when there was a problem? This is the pivotal moment. 
as you move from superficial qualities to follow through on promises. A brand, just like a person, better be authentic. We don't like fake people, and we quickly see through people who are trying to be something that they're not. Likewise, a brand partner must be authentic. A brand isn't a costume or a mask, and you don't develop a brand identity just by telling people what your identity is and not actually living up to it. You have to walk the walk in addition to talking the talk. A brand is a reflection of the essence of a product or a service or an organization, or in the case of public health, perhaps an intervention. And you have to honestly say to yourself, what is our brand promise and how are we living up to it? And you have to look in the mirror and say, okay, if we haven't always lived up to our brand promise in the past, what do we need to do to correct things now? So for example, if your brand promise is always to be evidence-based and always to put science first, and if you're seen as not doing that, for example, setting aside evidence because of politics, then your brand promise is going to be seen as hollow. Your words and your imagery and your messages must actually match your actions. So back now to the question of, should we develop a brand? Should we relaunch our existing brand? The answer is yes only if you're prepared to be a caring, committed partner to your audience. If you can't be authentic and loyal and consistent, then no. If you approach the relationship with your audience as transactional, like two ships passing in the night, a one-night stand, then no. If you plan to be Mr. or Ms. Right, and not Mr. Right Now in the eyes of your audience persona, then you have to be prepared to be a relationship partner that inspires trust, commitment, and passion. That may take some soul-searching and fundamental change in your organization or related to your product, service, or intervention. It is not a commitment to be entered into lightly. If you've done that kind of introspection and the audience analysis to create personas, you might be ready for the brand development process. Both of those things, audience analysis and brand development, by the way, will be covered in future episodes. For now, though, I'd like you to take a look around after this podcast. Start noticing the brands that you have relationships with, especially consumer brands, because those are all around us. What inspires your loyalty and your respect and your passion? Have you ever fallen out of love with a brand? And why was that? Now think about public health and healthcare related brands. And again, these can be organizations, products, services or even interventions. Which ones are great relationship partners and why is that? Which ones aren't? How do their superficial qualities and their brand promises match with their authentic realities? I would love to hear from you about which corporate brands and which public health brands made your list. So I hope that after this podcast, you'll drop me an email or reach out on LinkedIn or Twitter. Now you know what you need to know about brand relationships. And again, you can check the show notes for some links to academic articles on this topic. That's it for today. Be sure to subscribe to HealthCom Central so you don't miss any of our episodes. We try to put one out once a week, every week. Until next week then, be well, stay safe, and stay science-based. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment now to leave a rating and review. 
Be sure to subscribe to HealthCom Central on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have friends and colleagues who should be part of our community, please share the link.